0: Welcome to the Healthcare Plus Podcast hosted by Quint Studer and Dan Collard. In each high impact segment, Quint and Dan bring together leaders and changemakers from across healthcare to discuss the latest industry insights, offer solutions to some of healthcare's greatest challenges, and provide replenishment and well-being tools that will refill your emotional bank account. With a focus on practical tools, techniques, and best practices, you'll walk away from each episode with ideas you can implement in your own role, organization, and community. I'm Nicole Webb Bodie, partner at Healthcare Plus Solutions Group. Quint Studer and Dan Collard, your hosts, co-founded Healthcare Plus Solutions Group with the mission of having a positive impact on those that receive care and those that provide care. HPSG specializes in delivering customized solutions that build and develop skills to help healthcare organizations achieve and sustain high performance. Quint is a well-known author, operator, coach, and mentor to many. He has dedicated his life to creating tools and techniques that make healthcare a better place for physicians to practice medicine, patients to receive care, and employees to work. Dan is a seasoned executive with a passion for improving healthcare and leading organizations through change. From rural hospitals to complex health systems and academic medical centers, Dan has helped organizations across the industry attain best-in-class performance. For more information about your host and our upcoming events, visit healthcareclasssg.com. And now, please welcome today's guest.
1: Well, hi, everybody. Dan Collard here, and welcome to this Edition of the Healthcare Plus podcast. You know, as we do these throughout the year, um, every every version of our podcast, every episode is special in some way, shape, or form. This one's really special. Whenever you have a chance to have someone on as a guest uh, whom you consider both a, a great friend and a wonderful colleague, it just makes the podcast episode even more special. So, I'm excited to have. Fawn Lopez uh, joined me today. I've, I've had the opportunity to know Fawn since she became the publisher of Modern Healthcare in 2005, and, and over the course of years, uh, happy to have shared the stage, happy to have um, really watched Fawn bring such wonderful focus to the industry, both within the publication of Modern Healthcare and then even outside the publication with the number of events that uh, Modern Healthcare has has sponsored throughout the year. And we'll talk about some of that. But Fawn, thank you so, so much for making the time to be on today.
2: Dan, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm honored. And uh... I think the world of you, we've known each other a long time and it's always been you've always been so supportive, so kind, so generous. Uh, So I can't thank you now for um, being such a wonderful friend and a, a colleague.
1: Well, thanks. You know, we talk often about the world of healthcare being one of relationships and, you know, the best of relationships. Tend to transcend just the professional side, and as I've had the chance to get you know get to know you both personally and professionally, um, your story is just such an important story for I think so many to hear over the course of time. I remember the last time in my previous organization that we had you in to speak to our National Medical Leadership Conference. And you brought such a wonderful story of both diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as women in leadership. And, And those are just, you know, a couple of the things that you've really brought to light within our industry. But you have such an amazing background. And and the way that I always like to talk about people's background is really how did the background that you experienced shape your future? Would you mind sharing with our audience a little bit about Fon Lopez's background?
2: Uh, I would be, um, it would be a privilege to share. Yes. So, you know, um, thank you for, uh, for that question as um, most people don't know that I haven't always been <laughs> the publisher or now publisher emeritus of modern healthcare. Uh, in fact, I am a refugee from Vietnam. Um, when my family immigrated from Vietnam to the United States in 1975, there were eight of us. My, uh, actually, there were nine of us. There were uh, my, my mom, my dad, Uh, six of us children, and my beloved uh, grandfather. I was 15 years old. So to give a little background, uh, further background on that, uh, my father was a colonel in the South Vietnamese Army. And towards the end of the war, in April 1975, um, he chose to risk his life and save his six children and to seek freedom in in America. We were a family, as I said, of nine. Um, it was a, uh, a very, very scary, scary time. So our journey to America took us from Ho Chi Minh City, back then was Saigon, uh, to Guam, to Camp Pendleton. Uh, camp Pendleton, for those of you who don't know, um, is a military camp based in uh, outside of San Diego um, we lived in a in a, a uh, the camp for a couple of months uh, were given army jackets uh, to keep warm at night slept on cot so uh, it was a very challenging situation and from um, Camp Pendleton uh, we then um, was um, headed to Kansas City, Missouri uh, where we took more steps to fulfill my father's plan for a better future in America. Um, We were sponsored out of the camp um, by Mr. and Mrs. Burnett. They were then our living angels, still our angels helped they they helped us leave Camp Pendleton for Kansas City you might want might be curious to know why Kansas City, Missouri, and not California um, it was because my father thought it was a good place to raise a family uh he went there uh he went where he thought a uh, few Vietnamese would be willing to settle and while He knew that life would have been so much easier if we had the support of our own people. He did not want it to be a crutch and because he believed that it would impede our growth and development. Having escaped Vietnam and undergone the experience of living in the camp and getting started over again uh, in Kansas City, I can say that it has deeply influenced my life and my relationships, both personally and professionally. Gratitude, being present, not take, taking people for granted, letting people know how I felt about them were all things that leverage as my guiding principles. We wouldn't be where we are today had it not been for the support and kindness of. The people we met along the way, you know, um, despite what you can you say about America, uh, the imperfections and, you know, the, uh, all of that, that that is it's about America is it's, you cannot deny the fact that um, the American people are character characterized uh, by their kindness openness and generosity so we owe them these remarkable people that we met along the way
1: I've always thought having grown up in the Tulsa Oklahoma area and enjoyed a number of friends who came from Saigon and the Saigon area in 1975 the refugees also added quite a bit of I would call uh enlightenment and enrichment to our culture. And I remember uh, a couple of our conversations where you shared that work ethic that your parents role modeled really being something that helped you set your course as well. And and I know that's something that is, uh, uh, you know, a pillar steeped in your background.
2: Absolutely. Yes, we we all had to work. My father, the former colonel, I uh, had to take a, a a job. Actually, he worked two jobs uh, to help feed, um, to help you know the family um, get started. My mom, who was born into wealth, uh, took her first job at the age of forty five as a seamstress, and we all all the kids uh, went to work. So we all um, did what we could to um, to help uh, get us over uh, the line. Uh, you know, getting out of poverty was not an easy thing when you when you uh, have nothing. so <laughs> it was hard.
1: I still I I still remember when you think about creating something from nothing, as you just referenced, you shared with me in one conversation about the fact that when you left your country, you were allowed to take uh, what was it, so many pounds of two
2: pounds. Two pounds of the line. Yeah. That was all we had. Each of us were we was um, we were able to only take it's essentially a set of clothing. That we got to to take with us, and that was our. That was how we got started. We yeah. had no money. Um, we had. We didn't. My father was the only person who's that spoke English. Uh, I was 15 years old. My oldest sister was 19. We overnight had to um, confront, uh, you know, poverty and a whole new. Uh, family dynamic
1: um, in America. So you stayed in the Midwest, you stayed in middle America for school, University of Missouri, right? Yes, in Kansas City. And then you finish your business degree. And now here you are, a young woman from Vietnam, right in the middle of America, beginning to enter the business world. And I remember you shared on a couple of occasions some early circumstances that shared your commitment to being a guiding voice for women in leadership. Let's talk about those early days in business.
2: Okay, so you know I was brought uh, I was brought to Modern Healthcare as a turnaround, and I uh, at the time was um, working for another brand. Uh, owned by the same company, Crane Communications, and um, I, uh, after a long time of resisting the the uh, the the offer or the request to to go to Modern Healthcare, I accepted um, the challenge, uh, knowing that it was going to be very difficult because I had no, I didn't know any, I had no healthcare background uh i only you know knew healthcare from my own personal experience so when i arrived at modern healthcare 22 years ago i felt very removed from the inner workings of this very complex but extremely fascinating industry so the during the, those early days thankfully for me um i there were a lot many people who were there for me. Um, they were there when, whether I needed a um, a quick definition, <laughs> there were a lot of things that that about healthcare terminology that I had no idea uh, what they were all about. Uh, whether I needed a comment on a new uh, an emerging trend. Uh, an insight into an industry minefield or the name of a top hospital executive, there was always someone I could turn to. People like Wayne Smith of CHS, Tom Dolan of the ACAG, uh, Terry Fontenot of uh, Women's Hospital, uh, Joe Swedish, former CEO of Anthem, they were there for me, and there were countless other people who were also there had been there for me during my tenure at modern healthcare so i'm i will always uh, be for, forever be grateful for their support and generosity my parents uh instilled in in us in me and my siblings the values of gratitude and appreciation for the kindness and generosity of of people and just as vital as giving back uh, and paying it forward. Uh, they wanted us to apply our um, the blessings of our success to make a difference um, for our communities, for the people that, um, that are in need. So I knew uh, I had committed then that I was going to pay it forward, and so. When I became, I, I you know, I, I wanted to because I was um, a woman and a minority, uh, and because I was small, because I looked young, you know, it was hard for me. Uh, I felt to get um, credibility or to gain credibility and to to have people take me seriously. And I didn't know healthcare, so I was uh, I was determined. To learn all I could about healthcare, and and I also along the way um, made a, a very um, I I made a commitment uh, that I would leverage and expand my platforms to help in the advancement of women and of people of color. Um, I wanted to help other women to not have to go through what I went through. I want to empower other women and women of color, or people of color, to get the recognition and the opportunities they deserve um, in their professional lives. And I wanted to encourage them to embrace their potential and aspire to leadership roles with you know open hearts, open eyes and and minds. So, my early um, experiences at Modern Healthcare really helped uh, to uh, me to to create, you know, a plan for the eventual uh, years ahead.
1: So, Fawn, it was interesting, as you were talking about coming into the industry of healthcare as the new publisher of Modern Healthcare, you gave a couple of uh, names of folks that were resources for you, like Wayne Smith at CHS and Terry Fontenot down at Women's in Baton Rouge. And yet, if I were to guess, you probably noticed something when you came into the industry that there was a, an abundance of leadership in healthcare that was male and 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 not only male but not likely very diverse as well what how did that help shape your view of the industry as as you came in to lead one of the preeminent publications
2: well it it clearly uh was a um a motivator for me to try to do something about it right to try to play uh, to help advance and and women and People of color into the C-suite and boardrooms. Um, You know, thankfully, I uh, and I was fortunate to um, have had the support of all those remarkable people, Uh, and I wanted the same for other women and people of color. And it it was truly a real, serious motivator for me to to want to make. some a positive change. I wanted to see more women and more minorities in leadership and boardrooms, and that was, that's the reason, you know, um, that I uh, we launched some of some of the initiatives that we launched we I launched at Modern Healthcare. Um, but you know, the the thing is, it's important that we don't forget that um, we. Few of us women live um, and work in isolation, right? Uh, men are a part of our lives, um, both now and in the future. And as colleagues, co-workers, spouses, friends, and associates. So as we spearhead changes, change within our organizations or in our communities, you know, we can't afford to. Forget the role that men play. Uh, we have to bring them on, um, encourage them to join us in the quest to create more um, a more equitable, innovative, uh, inclusive culture of society. We have to work together, and together, men and women will make can make a
1: difference. Absolutely. In your role, as as you really got your legs beneath you in your role as the publisher, uh, you had such a unique lens towards the industry. Uh, I'd be curious, as you think about the years since 2005, what were some of the more memorable moments of your tenure leading a publication like Modern Healthcare?
2: So in my role as publisher of Modern Healthcare, you know, I got to be an entrepreneur. I got to call the shots. And I got to have the uh, front row seats and participate in healthcare's transformation over the last two decades, and there were so so many uh, amazing, um, um, amazingly memorable moments, uh, such as you know the the advancement of of medicine in precision medicine, uh, to be specific. But undoubtedly, though, one of the most memorable moments of my tenure at modern healthcare, care uh, is the COVID-19 pandemic. It has had an, un, as we know, it has had an unprecedented, um, impact on, um, our industry, but on healthcare as a whole, uh, at a global level. It highlighted, you know, the crucial role, obviously, of public health and more as it as, as importantly it exposed existing disparities, health inequities in America. But what was a uh, good, wonderful to witness for me was the collaboration among various stakeholders, from healthcare providers to researchers, suppliers, pharmaceutical and governments. All came together. And um, the collective effort uh, has resulted, as we experience, accelerated vaccine development and testing, and it really, truly demonstrated the power of collaboration in crisis response. Um, You know, from a Vietnamese refugee girl to a healthcare executive, it has been a tremendous um, honor and privilege to work in an industry that has such capacity to impact so many lives. Um, And as as an industry, um, through COVID, we proved to be resilient and innovative, even during the toughest times, um, as we shared faith in one another and collaborated for Essentially, a better tomorrow. So I would say COVID would be my number one memorable moment during my time.
1: You know, probably one of the most memorable moments for me on behalf of modern healthcare was when your top 100 most influential list came out. And that year of COVID, the patient made number one. Thank you. I thought that was so um appropriate and so impactful because there certainly were a lot of names on that list there've always been a lot of names including my good friend and colleague Quint Studer over the course of time but but you know folks from government folks from the industry um folks from research folks from medicine but I still remember that Saturday morning opening up the electronic version of that week's modern healthcare and seeing the patient was number one. I still remember shooting you a note that morning to uh, congratulate that choice.
2: Thank you for saying that. It means so much to me. That is probably one of the proudest um, recognition that I uh, we believe we we've ever uh, bestowed on yeah. on anybody. Um, You know, we all were focusing on the patient, right? So they were the most influential. They were the most important, most powerful, um, people. And, and as an industry, we, we stepped up to the plate. We delivered. And I am most proud to, um, have had the opportunity to be part of that, um, during this. Very, that very challenging, very challenging time.
1: Yeah, we we talked about your work within the magazine. You certainly saw a number of really talented individuals come through the the turnstiles of modern healthcare. The journalists that worked for you, and uh, the folks that covered the industry. But probably I think one of the most, uh, perhaps one, one of the greatest impacts of your legacy with the, with the magazine will be the things outside the magazine. So you not only have these lists of folks that we've talked about, but you've had events, opportunities for folks to come together as, as community. Uh, of course, we've worked for years on the best places to work event but I, I would guess the shining star for Fon Lopez is the Women in Leadership Conference. And you've got uh, your final uh, event with Women in Leadership coming up in August. Uh, what are the reflections of this event that make you smile most? Because I've seen the energy that you put into this event and, and for such a worthwhile cause. What, what are the reflections on this event that make you smile the most?
2: When I uh, thank you for, for saying that uh, the the work that modern healthcare, um, the effort has put toward uh, women in leadership, um, minority executives, um, some of the, the work that I'm most proud of, and the Women Leaders in Healthcare Conference um, is an extension of that. Um, It's hard to think about this August being my last um, Women Leaders in Healthcare Conference, as I am now, publisher emeritus. um, I'm having a tough time wrapping my brain around uh, this reality. Uh, I can't help but feel a a mix of emotions, right? It's bittersweet to think that um, it is, this will be my last, uh, conference for women in leadership uh, that we at Modern Healthcare uh, is hosting, ho- um, we're hosting. Um, nonetheless, though, I am immensely proud of what we have accomplished with this event. And in knowing that we've played a role, no matter how small, in advancing women in healthcare uh, leadership especially proud of um, some of the initiatives that modern healthcare introduced to the healthcare industry uh, way early on, Uh, such as the top 25 list of women leaders in healthcare, which was launched, published in 2005. Uh, And we followed that um, year with the Women Leaders in Healthcare Conference. the very next year in 2006. Um, in addition to the women's list and the Women Leaders in Healthcare Conference event, we also published um, the top 25 minority executives now called Diversity Leaders in Healthcare, also in 2006. Um, these initiatives predated the widespread emphasis on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion that we see in healthcare today. And I truly, um, sincerely believe that they have made an impact, a tangible tangible impact, not only on the organizations, um, but also on the careers of the remarkable women and um, uh, that we honored through the top 25 women. Uh, uh, leaders in healthcare list. So as I reflect, um, it brings a huge smile to my face um, to witness the progress we have made as an industry uh, in advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion in healthcare leadership and in the C-suites, in in the boardrooms. Um, We still have a lot uh, more to do Uh, to be done, but um, we've made progress. And I'm especially um, proud and very, very, um, it makes me happy.
1: You, You bring to mind a quote from Francis Fry that I use often that says, leadership at its core is about making other people better as a result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. What are what are some of the wishes for the future that you leave for those that are picking the baton up for you this August?
2: So, as I conclude my chapter, right, um, this chapter of my career uh, at Modern Healthcare, my wish is for the future leaders of Modern Healthcare um, is that they will continue to encourage healthcare leaders and organizations to push. For faster, more sustained efforts in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, We need to help amplify the call for increased representation and uh, of women and minorities uh, and address both conscious and unconscious biases diligently. Um, I, I have full confidence in Dan Paris. Modern Healthcare's new president and the leadership team at Modern Healthcare, knowing that they possess the vision and dedication to excel um, in this very important area.
1: Well, you, you called yourself small earlier, but you're leaving some mighty big shoes for folks to fill. But I know all of us will be cheering them on. I, I think some of my favorite memories of the Women in Leadership Conference were the emails and notes and calls that I would get when, especially young women in the organizations that I happen to be in had a chance to uh had a chance to attend. I'll never forget in my previous organization, one young lady was there and and she texted me in all caps. I just got to meet Fawn Lopez.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah.
1: And now, of course, we're going to have some uh, some of our, our colleagues from Healthcare Plus Solutions Group joining you in August there as well. So we're all looking forward to that.
2: Well, thanks um, for your always for your continued and, and ongoing support of, of our work in this area. Um, you've been such a champion, Quint Studer. Uh, has been such a champion uh, in this very important area, and I can't thank you enough. We are grateful uh, for all that you do to help uh, advancing diversity, well, equity, and inclusion.
1: Well, we always know good causes when we uh, when we see them. Um, I, I'd like to bring us back full circle, if you don't mind. Uh, we talked about your background. We talked about uh, from where you came, uh, the the work ethic that your parents instilled. But now we have Fawn Lopez taking her role in an emeritus position. She's wrapping up with her her final grand hurrah with women in leadership in August. Uh, What would you say to that young lady from Vietnam if you could go back to 1975 and talk to your then self, young Fawn? What would you say? What would you share?
2: Well, you know, uh, there's so much that I uh, I would tell my younger self or just uh, reiterate uh, to my younger self. You know, uh, it was so hard, the experience of uh, escaping Vietnam uh, as our bus uh, stopped in front of the camp, Camp Pendleton. Uh, my mother and I and my siblings started crying. All we saw were rows of tents, and we asked our father, "Is this what we have to look forward to?" We thought we were, you know, um, improving or or are building a, a better future in America. So it was so hard to to um, for us to see to see uh, what the future uh, looked like. So for me um i would say to my younger self i've got a long list of things if you if you uh willing to entertain me but Go for the it. first the first thing i would say is this you know i've had a blessed life despite all of the experience as a refugee was incredibly challenging uh it laid the foundation uh and built the character uh mm-hmm necessary for me for the life that I had today so um that is would be the first thing I would tell myself you know that experience was um was an amazing experience um there's long list of things that I I would say um many of these things were um, impressed upon us by my parents, my father. Um, so one of the things that you know I, I live by is um, prioritizing my health and well-being. It's the most important investment that you can make. Uh, your health and well-being should be your number one priority. Um, that life is short, uh, make the most of every moment we all have an expiration date that we need to cherish time as most valuable resource. Um, we can't recover time. Uh, be fully present in each moment. Recognize that life doesn't offer do-overs. Seize opportunities and make the most of them. Uh, I worry a lot. So I would tell my younger self, let go of unnecessary worries and focus on what you can control. Uh, Hard for me to say no. So I would tell my younger self, learn to say no. Um, It's okay to say you don't know something. Uh, Surround yourself with decent kind, supportive people who will uplift you and inspire you. Choose your friends wisely. Um, Let go of the people who are toxic and who don't want you to succeed. Quick. Ask for help if you need help. Don't be shy. Um, You don't have to know all by yourself. Uh, there are always people who are willing to help you accept rejection uh you know when i first started to get a job in sales so many years ago i was told no because i didn't have uh, the experience and i kept going back um uh, because to me uh rejection is just an invitation uh for a better pitch be kind you know be kind um kind of should should guide your interactions regardless of the circumstances be flexible foster inclusivity you know life is about bringing people along giving people the opportunity giving people chances and it's about resilience and per- perseverance find my dad always told us find the strength to get back up when you fall and the courage to march ahead, no matter how difficult or painful, dreams do come true. Uh, dreams do come true, and you need to you can dream should dream big, but pair your dream with a strong work ethic in in order to succeed. Commit and work hard to make a difference, not in just not in just your life, but also in the lives of others, and be an active participant in the development. Of your company, your community, your country. Uh, be involved, get involved, um, you know, speak up, uh, have a meaningful dialogue. Trust is important to me. So I would tell my, my younger self that uh, trust fully until proven otherwise and trust your intuition. It often guides you in the right direction and lastly um are there actually there are a few things um integrity and honesty these were things these were the um some of the things my father uh used to say to us money will come and go but your education and your integrity will be with you forever Giving you confidence to do things you might never uh, have considered. On education, <laughs> he he was uh, he believed fully that the only way out of poverty for us was through education. So he would tell us, make education everything. Education will help to create a foundation for a good future. Lifelong learning is like the air you breathe. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. Let the tears flow, but let the joy in also. It's okay to laugh while you're grieving. You will never be the same again. But it's okay. And lastly, love is the most powerful tool.
1: This is exactly why I've been looking forward to this podcast. You know, one of the things we really try to do on the Healthcare Plus podcast is to bring real tools, real ideas, real solutions to the listeners that join us week in and week out. And Fawn, what you've just done in the last five minutes, as you think about speaking to that young version of Fawn in 1975, is to give all of our listeners real tools, real ideas, uh, real solutions. And I just can't thank you enough.
2: Dan, I truly appreciate the invitation um, to be part of your um, podcast. Thank you for your leadership, compassion. And contributions to our great industry. I'm really excited about our chat today and hope um, that your audience will enjoy it and will find some valuable takeaways from it.
1: Well, thank you so much. Congratulations on on such an impact that you've made. Uh, We look forward to the next chapter. And speaking of chapters, I know you have a book coming out. And uh, so we will uh, we'll drop some information about the book into the uh, link for the podcast if that's okay too.
2: So grateful that you mentioned my book. Uh, Unstoppable it is an incredible um, collaboration with eight other remarkable women leaders in healthcare. The book is a collection of stories and valuable life's lessons. Our main purpose is to motivate readers to fully embrace their potential, seize opportunities, drive positive change, and flourish in their chosen paths. And more importantly, though, we also want to remind them that success often comes with twists and turns. It's not a straight line and that um, obstacles and setbacks are simply stepping stones that lead to growth and development. So the book will be formally officially launched at the Women Leaders in Healthcare Conference on August 9th. The conference is uh, going to be held in Chicago, August 9th to 11th. And I hope to see everyone there. And again, I cannot thank you enough for um, the opportunity to join you on this
1: episode. Well, you've got a stellar lineup of co-authors, and uh, of course, you're leading the way. Um, Many of our listeners will see you in August at the Women in Leadership Conference. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today, and thanks to all of our listeners for joining us for a very special episode of the Healthcare Plus podcast. I'm Dan Collard, and we'll see you on the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the Healthcare Plus podcast. For more information about our upcoming events, visit healthcareplussg.com.